Well, amen, amen. Good morning, everyone. I am Ricky Ayala, the senior pastor of this church, and so if you're here for the very first time, I go along with what uh, Pastor Gil mentioned, welcome. I'm so happy that you have decided to come and join us at New Hanover United Methodist Church as we gather together to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In your programs, if you, if you like taking notes, in the right-hand side is the full blank uh, page, or mostly uh, full, for any note-taking during the sermon here today, and I pray that you do so, so it gives you an opportunity to remember uh, more uh, as you take it home with you throughout the week and reflect on the message. Well, we are currently on our third week of our current sermon series titled Strapped. I do pray that you've been blessed by the last two weeks uh, of this message, and I know that I opened up you know, regarding my finances and the dumb mistakes that I did prior, and to know that I'm still dealing with the consequences and being responsible to pay back the things that I owe on there. So if you missed last week's message, I do encourage you to go to our website at newhanoverumc.org, search sermons, and then select the title that is Act Your Wage, which was last week's message. Now today, our focus is to understanding the tithe. Now if we look into the Bible, we learn how to manage money God's way. And if we do so, we have the opportunity to change the world. So because I mentioned this in the Bible, I'm going to ask you if you're able to, please stand for the reading of God's word. As found in the book of Malachi, chapter 3, beginning on verse 8, I'll be reading until 10. If you have your own Bible, the words may be a little different. I'm using the translation, which is NLT, but the words will be up on the screen as well. The Bible says this, Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Let me pause for a word of prayer. God, we have come to this service now as this opportunity to come and hear your word today. We continue on with this series of uh, of strapped and how we're able to live a life sometimes that is financially strapped, but in the midst of this series, how you're able to help us in practical ways to become debt-free. We already know as we gave our life to you, God, that we are spiritually debt-free because of your son, Jesus Christ. And now as we receive your word today, continue to speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. So as I mentioned earlier, today's focus is understanding the tithe. Now a tithe means a tenth or 10% of grains, of fruit, of income, of time. Yeah, hold on, Pastor, I never heard about, you know, the, the tithing of your time. So I want to just take a moment here before we continue on with the other areas. When you speak about times, we have 24 hours a day. And if you tithe that time of 24 hours to the Lord, that means you have 2.4 hours. So without raising your hand, do you commit to God 2.4 hours a day? Okay, so you'd be like, hey, Pastor, that's a lot of time. I mean, I'm busy. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. All right, so let me, let me see if I can help you out here a little moment. Let me take away the eight hours that we're supposed to get for our beauty sleep, right? 
And so therefore, if you take out the eight hours out of the 24, we got 16 hours. So the tithing of the 16 hours equals 1.6 hours a day that you're giving back to the Lord. Now, without raising your hands again, how many of you can commit and say honestly that you commit 1.6 hours a day to the Lord? Now, sometimes we make it so difficult. I want to share with you that it don't, don't make it difficult. Let's say I'm going to give you an example. You wake up. And I'm not going to say just the morning because some of you, you know, some people work graveyard shifts as they call them or things. But when you wake up, how about if as soon as you open up your eyes or even before you open up your eyes, you know you're going to be getting up. You know, you've already hit the snooze button three times. And you start thanking God. Thanking God, right? And then as you walk, you know, groggily over to the, uh, to the bathroom to, to uh, uh, brush your teeth, to shave or to shower or whatever, put some music on in the background. And then that all of a sudden, as you prepare yourself and get ready for the rest of the day, that may be the minimum about 15 minutes. Some people take longer to get ready, but it's okay. But as you have the music in the background, you're just already thinking about the day ahead. And that's what I'm going to say, about 15 minutes. And then you get into your car as you drive to your work. Let's say your commute is 30 minutes, so you put on some K-Love or some Word FM and some Christian music, and you're in the mood, and you are just setting the tone for the rest of the day. God, and you can even pray. Don't, I, I don't advise you to close your eyes when you're praying while you're driving, okay? <laughs> Forget about this uh, uh, don't, don't text and drive type of thing. Don't, don't close your eyes when you're praying. But you can pray and say, God, I don't know what this whole day is going to be. I already have an idea. I already have some things planned. But I also pray, God, that you help me out with the unexpected that, uh, that come up during the day. And so let's say, for example, again, you got 30 minutes to commute. In addition to the other 15 minutes that you prepared yourself, now you have 45 minutes a day that you've committed yourself to God. Now that 1.6 hours or even a 2.4 hours that I'm asking you those questions before may also, hey, I think I could do that. And what happens when you, if you do the same thing coming back home after work? And I know, I'll probably be, be safe to say, you already know that some days you need to be able to talk to Jesus after work. The things that happen during the day, you got to be able to take time to be able to talk to Jesus. And it may even be more than 45 minutes. And so all of a sudden, you got the 1.5 hours right there. If you got the 45 in the evening, 45 in the morning, it's already there. So if you are already saying, nope, I don't do the 2.4 hours, nope, I don't do the 1.6, now we've made it a little difficult. But hopefully, what I've shared the example, you can confidently say, anytime someone says, do you commit your tithe of your time to the Lord each day? you can confidently say, yes, yes, I do. <clears throat> so now that we've put that, thing, you know, put that aside about the tithing of our time, now let's look at you know, other ways that we can fall onto the tithe. In Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, the Bible says, one-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to who? The Lord. And must be set apart to him as holy. Now, holy means consecrated. It means set apart. It belongs to the Lord. So as you're taking the fruit from the trees that he's saying, go ahead and make sure that you give one-tenth. If you are doing the, the grains from the fields, make sure that you give one-tenth. A tithe. 
I remember this, you know, as I personally experienced this, when I went to Africa, I went to a worship service, and people were bringing their tithes and their offerings, and it wasn't being collected out on the, in the congregation. People were, there was a music going on, there was a worship service, you know, a song, and people were bringing, literally bringing their tithes and their offerings to the front, to the altar area. And then as I saw the people, I'm going up and I'm giving, you know, the money, and I'm sitting back down, and all of a sudden, I see people, like one person brought in a chicken. I'm thinking, a chicken? I said, and then all of a sudden, here comes you know, people with, with corn or, or barley or whatever, the grains. And that was their tithe, and they were bringing it to the storehouse. They were bringing, making sure that there was enough food in the temple. And they were doing their part. And so if they were, weren't able to give financially, they were able to give their tithe in other ways. Sometimes people take it only that it's only finances. Well, let me share with you that if you look at ways of how we're able to make a difference in people's lives, we already learned that tithing is a tenth or 10%. In that scripture of Malachi chapter 3 that I read in verse 8, the Bible, excuse me, verse 10, the Bible says, bring all, can you say all? All, all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. So tithing is returning the first 10% of your income to God's church. However, the statistics that were used a few years ago showed that less than 3% of evangelical Christians tithe. In fact, 2.7% was the number that was used. And throughout my life, I've heard Christians say, is that the 10% of gross or is that the 10% of net, right? I want to share with you something here on Proverbs 3, verses 9 to 10. The Bible says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the what, ladies and gentlemen? Best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. It's with your best. So tithing is giving God our first and best. How will you honor the Lord? with your finances? What is your best part that you're producing and you're able to give back unto the Lord? Why tithe? Why tithe? Now some of you be like, oh, you know, I already know about tithe, you know, and I pray that you don't dismiss this message. And in fact, as you're hearing it, that let it be affirming of what you've already learned throughout your life, even when you were children and, and, and to a young adult and now adulthood. Affirm, being affirmed. Here's what happens is tithing checks our spirit. It keeps our eyes and hearts looking to heaven. The act of giving breaks us, breaks us down. It makes us a little less selfish. It brings us closer to God and makes us a little more like him each and every time that we give. As you already know, God asks us to give because he is a giver. He gave his only son. But he gave. And some Christians may, may be quick to try to uh, get away from that responsibility of tithing and say, oh, hold on a minute, Pastor. Tithing is from the Old Testament law. I am not under the law because through Christ. But I want to be able to share with you a conversation that Jesus had with the teachers of the laws and the Pharisees. In Matthew 23, 23, the Bible says this. And this is, again, this is Jesus speaking to them. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious laws and Pharisees? 
And he calls them hypocrites. For you are careful to what, ladies and gentlemen? Tithe. Even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, which are justice, mercy, and faith. You should what? Tithe. And Jesus is saying, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is Jesus speaking in the New Testament and saying that we should tithe, but that's not all. Do not neglect the more important things. Tithing provides for God's work through the church. I'm incredibly proud of this church as for your generosity throughout the years. With your giving of your tithes and our offerings, making an impact in the church, in our community, the surrounding communities, and the world. We do that through your generosity. We're able to provide missions locally and globally. We're able to provide a ministries and programs for people of all ages. With your generosity of your tithes and your offerings, we're able to have staff to man and to supervise the areas of ministry to make the most positive impact in people's lives. Through your generosity of your tithes and your offerings, it's about the operations, it's about the maintenance of the buildings and taking care of what we have. The blessings. In addition to what I just mentioned, if we bring our tithes and our offerings before the Lord and then making sure that the church, you know, the, the temple has enough to make sure that they manage and we're able to spread the love of God with other people, this is what we can do, ladies and gentlemen. I want to be a church and see a church that you can utilize your tithes and your offerings to help rebuild broken down homes. I want to be able to utilize the funds that, to make a difference in the students' lives. So they're making sure that when they go to school, that they have the supplies they need. Not only in the beginning of the school year, but throughout the school year. And for those of you, those of you who are teachers, God bless you. I want to make sure that we as a church are able to make a difference. That way, the teachers are not paying out of their pocket for items that they need. I remember a story, uh, not a story, but I lived it over in Norristown when I lived in Conshohocken. I was serving in Conshohocken. One of the, the young girls that was coming to our church saying, you know, there's a need in, in, in the school district. And so therefore, I said, well, what do you need in your class? And finding out that they wanted paper. I was, okay, oh, paper. I found out that the teachers were, were allotted one ream of paper per month for their class. One ream of paper. So I said, you know what, it may not be big, you know, so I challenged the church, let's get paper. Let's get donations, then, you know, donate a ream of paper, do this, you know, go ahead. And so finally, then uh, one of the church members says, hey, pastor, I, I work for the Montgomery County and the, the deputies, sheriff's department. How about if we also team up because we're all, you're always collecting paper here. I said, absolutely. It came a day that I took a dolly and four boxes full of, uh, of paper. Okay, man, I went to the school went to the classroom. Ladies and gentlemen, as I put it down, you know, the kids, I, the teacher already knew what was happening, but here is, I open up the box and I take out a ream of paper. And to be honest with you, you know, and God, I'm stupid with you, here's a kid, paper! <laughs> and all of a sudden, the other kids started screaming. I was like, oh, I, I thought they were joking. It, it, they, they, they needed, they, they loved it. They wanted to do things. And so they said paper that all of a sudden the, the, the celebration in that classroom that other teachers and students came in and peeked in and said, you're going to share some, right? You're going to share some. 
Obviously, you know, we're, we're, we were at that time a small church and we were, weren't able to make such a big impact for the whole school, but that classroom, and they were able to divide it up as much as they could. So wouldn't it be awesome that a church is able to go and be, and be for our schools and be for our students and making a difference in their lives? I want to be a, a church that has enough to make sure that we are taking care of our widows and our children, like the Word of God says. There are only a few examples of what the church can do. But we can't do it if we do not tithe, if we do not provide offerings to the Lord. At New Hanover UMC, we have four worship services, one on Saturday night at 5 o'clock, and we got at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, and 10.30. But in the midst of all that, we have an average of 755 worshipers each weekend. And so I want to be able to uh, give you an example of what this tithing can do. I'm going to, out of the 755, I'm going to take 400 giving units. 400 giving units, and let's say that average income is $50,000 a year. Average income. Some people make more, some people make less. An average between those 400 giving units. And let's say they're going to tithe their $50,000 a year of the tithe, or 10% equals $5,000. Now, again, it's not about whether it's either gross or net. You're going to be $5,000. You're going to be uh, providing to the Lord your tithe. You know what that does, ladies and gentlemen, what that equals to the four hundred dollars plus the $5,000 uh, uh, a year? That's $2 million. So your $5,000, when you think like, this is not going to be enough or, you know, I'm not making a difference, when we gather together as a body of Christ, and that's only with 400 giving units. How much more can it be? For you youth that are out there, or those who feel that you're young also, you're probably saying, okay, I, I don't need this message because I already know I don't make $50,000. I only have a part-time job while I go to school. All right then, you know what? I think it's easier to be able to learn while in the very beginning so that way when you start making more money, you don't forget to tithe. You don't forget about the Lord. The more money you make, your heart is about already about giving. It's about giving back to the Lord, and so therefore, you're prepared. And so therefore, I want to be, you know, if you're not, you know, all in regarding the tithing, how about just give? I want to, I want to set you up with a, with a challenge. All right, so you only work part-time. You go to school. Again, for the youth or anyone that wants to benefit from this, dedicate. If you're not giving already, dedicate one hour of what you make in one hour per week to the Lord. And then what happens is, select a day of the week, and as you're going to work, make it the very first hour. And as you go in there, go ahead and pray. God, thank you for the job that I have. And if you want to be honest with God, because by the way, he already knows, you can say, God, you know I don't like my job. But I'm so thankful that I have it. And this very first hour, God, whatever I make in this hour, I'm going to dedicate it back to you. And when you come to the temple, when you come to the worship, that you can say, God, remember when I said I'll give you that one hour? Here it is, God. Start there. Start somewhere. The idea is to be able to give. Where is your heart? We already know that where the treasure is, your heart will also be, as we've discussed these past two weeks. So that's a challenge to you. In Deuteronomy 14, verse 23, the Bible says the purpose of tithing is to teach you always. Say always, ladies and gentlemen. Always. To always put God first in your lives. 
So why tithe? Tithing teaches us to put God first. I remember when I heard about tithing, I had heard while I was growing up in, in church when I was there, but it didn't bother me because I wasn't working, so, you know, one ear and not the other type of thing. But it came time when I was a, a teenager and I was making money and all of a sudden I heard tithing. And guess what? I heard it from the pastor. Who was my pastor? My dad. <laughs> and so it was a struggle because I'm thinking, I'm not paying the church to pay you. I'm not going to be paying you. All right? And so it was like, it's not about paying me, it's about what your heart is to be giving to the Lord. And out of that, then the church is able to manage and give it to others. And yes, I'm a beneficiary of what you're able to give unto the Lord, but don't just think that you're just paying me. Your heart is to be able to give to the Lord and make sure that the storehouse is full in the temple. And so I remember, ladies and gentlemen, you may have heard this story before. If you haven't, you know, there, there was a time that I was still struggling and able to give my tithe. And I had a wallet with a secret compartment on it that had $60 in it. And by that time, you know, I, I know that I'm still young, but even by that time, the $60 was a lot for a teenager, making sure just in case of an emergency. When it happened to be that one service, the Spirit of the Lord just like spoke with me, not audibly, but it was just like this, give it. I'm thinking, give what? Right? Now, this is a conversation between me and God as the offering is coming. And he says, give it all. Uh-uh. And I'm being honest with you. Uh-uh. Nope. Give it. I mean, it, it got so strong, ladies and gentlemen, and it seemed like it was a slow motion day and that you could hit a button on the camera and you get the camera going, Ew. While I'm still having a quick conversation with God, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. No, I'm, no. It's in the secret compartment. Nobody else knows about it, but I know about it. No, I'm, I know you know about it, God, but I mean, <laughs> just having a conversation while still this <laughs> plate is coming right in front of me. And I was like, okay, okay. I take it out, and I'm like, oh, struggling, struggling, and I drop it in. That very same night after the worship service, someone comes to me and says, uh, Ricky, I want to be able to bless you and your, and your family to come out to dinner with us. It wasn't a fast food place. It was a place that it's, it was more than $60. I said, okay, God, I still remember that. And that was back when I was a teenager, which wasn't a long time ago, by the way. And so <laughs> back when I was a teenager, and I still remember that, to be able to put a trust in God because I was trusting the money, and I, I, I let it go in order to trust God. So why tithe? Tithing teaches us to put God first, and tithing builds our faith in God. So does this mean that you have to change your lifestyle? Yes. Does this mean that you have to uh, change your spending habits? Yes. Does this mean that you have to learn how to live off of 90% or less? Yes. You ask why, Pastor? On verse 8 of the Malachi chapter 3, the Bible says, Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. You ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? And the Lord responds saying, You have cheated me out of the tithes and offerings due to me. It's not that we're paying, or, or God needs my money. Let me tell you something. God is the God that spoke, that he created the heavens and the earth. You're going to think that he's going to need your money? It's the testing of the heart and the way that you give through the tithes and the offerings to see if you're being obedient. Now, I want to share with you that it's not about this money thing. It's about not a salvation issue. It's about a heart issue. And again, the way that we're giving. 
Let's not cheat God of what belongs to him. We are to be great stewards and managers of all the blessings God has poured upon our lives. So as a church family, as a body of Christ, let's do what Malachi 3.10 says. Bring all the tithes in the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of, of heaven's armies, I will open the heavens, open the windows of heavens for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. That's the word of God. Next week will be consecration weekend for our church. Remember, consecration means to set apart, to be holy before the Lord. And so it's going to be an opportunity for all worship services to come forward and bring their, their, their pledge card, their commitment cards that allows us to plan ahead for 2020. It should be a celebration. And so here, here's, what, here's a, what 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says. You must each decide in your heart how much you give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Let me say something. I hope that I, you're not feeling pressured, okay? I'm just bringing the word of God to you to making sure that we're not cheating God of what belongs to him. So my responsibility as, a, as, as your pastor is to make sure that I'm providing the information that the word of God is saying so that way we're not falling short and in fact we're maturing in our spiritual lives and that also is with our finances. Let me be bold to say that 10% of our first and best builds on faith, but the leftovers won't. You may know what leftovers is, and, and maybe the spirit is already tugging at your heart. You already know what means by leftovers, but if you don't, just in case, you may be going out to dinner or lunch, you know, two or three times a, a week, and then you're paying all, the, all this money, and then when you come to church, you're giving God the leftover. That's not building faith. Because what you have, when we tithe, we are putting God, giving God the very best, and we're also building our faith. As Christians, we've got to be reminded that we don't serve money. We've already said these past three weeks that money serves us as we serve God. When we do so, we will remember to put and keep God first. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we're thankful for the word and sometimes for us, you know, when we're dealing with finances, it's one of the topics that may be a little, you know, unnerving or it, it hits hard because we all have different lifestyles. But let us be reminded to not cheat you, God. To not cheat you of the tithes and offerings that are due to you. We want to make sure that as a church, we're able to have abundance and that we're able to then be great stewards of it as we reach out with the love of Christ to others who are hurting, to share that hope in our communities and throughout the world that we so desperately need to hear your word. And that is a word of peace, of love, of service, and of receiving of your blessings, that they too may become tithers with their grains, their fruit, their income, their time. May you lead us and guide us through your precious Holy Spirit. And we make sure that we're putting you first. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as next steps, are you giving God your first and best? Take time to write down why or why not. Evaluate it.
and work on at least one thing you will do this week as a result of something you heard or learned from this message. And as always, if you need prayer, if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, our lay pastor and Stephen ministers will be up on the front after our worship service here today to pray with you and for you. Receive the benediction at this time. As you head out these doors today, may the Spirit be able to guide you and lead you, and not about leaving here with guilt in the sense of the conviction of His Spirit. To know that, God, we have cheated you out of the tithes. We have cheated you out of offerings. Let us turn it around, God. We don't want to be a cursed nation. We don't want to be a cursed church. We want to be a church that gives cheerfully. And that we not only become tithers, but beyond tithers. To know that this church can be filled because we know we're able to uh, make a difference in people's lives. May God be able to guide you and lead you through his precious Holy Spirit until we see each other again. And God's people will all say, Amen. Please stand for the final song.